for the people. It's for the purpose. Patience is a podcast. When I say for the people, I mean for all. When I say for the purpose, whatever it is that you have in your mind that you want to achieve, whatever it is that you have in your mind that you want to become, two different things really you know achievements could be everyday things everyday tasks you know what you become is what drives you what what you see when you dream I mean what you feel when you dream what you see when you wake up when you, when you look in the mirror what you see that could be your purpose my purpose, my passion is, is, I don't know how to put it into like the form of actually making a career or anything because I'm not trying to, but just trying to bring people together, bring the most out of you, give you whatever tools, whatever jewels I can give you that can help you in your everyday life. Then just reporting on other people's lives and pointing the finger at them the way other podcasts do. I don't want to do that. I mean, there's a different way I feel to do things. There's a different way you know, there's a different way everybody does things, but because not no two people do everything the same. You know, when you look at a professional sports team or professional athletes, not all of them go about their lives the same way. Not all of them go about their craft the same way. That's what I mean. Or just any any place, not even professional sports, just everyday life your co-workers you all may do the same thing but not everybody prepares the same not everyone is motivated or driven by the same thing not everybody works the same I know myself I tend to I tend to get on my co-workers nerves sometimes because of how jovial and how elated I am every time I clock in. It's like I'm, I'm always happy, always ready to go, always with something positive either to say or or to do. I mean, but that's just my mind state. That's just how I prepare for every day. I choose not to let life beat me down or beat me up. Not to say that I block it out and act like it doesn't happen, but I want I want people to see that just because you feel or you see or you know a person is going through something or living a certain lifestyle, that's that they're always down. You know, I tell people, as long as you got breath in your body, you have the power to pee. To be positive, you have the power to be uplifting. You do not have to. You, 
you don't have to look at life and look at what the next person doesn't have or the opportunities that you aren't given or what you feel you deserve. You don't have to look at life like that. Certain people do, you know. Certain people I know do. And it gets to me a lot of it does. But when I look at that, I say, you know what? I'm not going to let it get to me. One, you know, that way. I'm going to continue to be who I am but not let the lives of others get me down. Lately, I've been guilty of that. That's partly because I've been sort of intertwined with certain people to try to help them through certain certain things and get them to see life differently. Get them to look at their, not just their shortcomings, but everything that they offer. Everything that they have to offer in life. You know, that's why I say for the purpose. like I said, we all wake up differently. We all go through life every day differently. No two people are the same. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We can all coexist. Good morning. You know, we can all we can all coexist. We can all be a part of society and be a part of our areas, our neighborhoods as one. Because regardless of what America is showing the rest of the world, we can coexist. We can be one. We can live in a society that's not fit for any one of us to succeed. The reason why I say it's not fit for any one of us to succeed because you don't know whose side to be on. If if you're choosing a side... That's sort of what it what it looks like we're sort of forced to do in a way. You know, because I know plenty of people and I have great friends in other countries and you know, it kind of looks like a bad movie the way this country is going right now. Like and I'm like, I tell them all the time, it's true. It's true. Nothing about this is false. Everything you see on the news and hear, it's true. I mean, but I still believe in, I still believe in good. I still believe in just people. I do. Maybe I'm naive for that. Maybe, you know, a lot of people call me a dreamer, but as the song goes, I'm not the only one. That's why I say for the people, for the purpose. I'm going to switch it. I'm going to go a completely completely different route with this episode. I'm going to try to have a little fun. Because these past episodes, I've been looking at society and I've been angry, true. I've been angry, but you know. I've been talking to my wife, I've been talking to other people in relationships, and <clears throat> it seems as though a lot of a lot of women are capitalizing off of 
what was once viewed as, you know, sort of a, a bad way to live your life. You know, you weren't supposed to sleep around with multiple men or women and you weren't supposed to be as promiscuous and you weren't supposed to be as out there. Because when men lived that life, we looked at as, you know, we looked at as we don't care about relationships. We don't value women, hoes and players and all of that, all of those words used to describe us. But I look at it completely differently. Maybe, and I'm gonna say, and I say maybe because I may not view it different, as, as different as you do. But looking at, because I've been around people, and hell, even myself, I'm not perfect, so I'm guilty of, I'm guilty of being in a relationship emotionally. Sorry, let me rephrase this. I'm guilty of being in a relationship, not emotionally attached to that relationship. I'm emotionally attached to what happened to me and how I'm feeling in this relationship because of that. I'll explain. Hold on for one second. Good morning. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) I'm emotionally attached to what happened to me. So, we're saying that, we're saying emotionally attached with what happened to me. And, you know, me and B have had this conversation that the things that happened in our life before we, before we met each other, sort of the reason why we stuck with each other for a while until we developed those feelings for one another. You know, it was sort of safe there. I didn't have to be, I didn't have to be that dark, isolated person that wanted to lash out at the world and she didn't have to feel like nobody loves her, nobody was there for her. And we sort of, at that period of time, we didn't make each other feel that way. So, naturally, you latch on and naturally, you're in relationships because of what that person isn't. Not for what that person is. So maybe that explains it a little better. You're in that relationship for what that person isn't. Not for what that person is. That person isn't a reflection of the life that you went through already. So that better better explains it. And in saying that, a lot of men that I talk to, they're so afraid of commitment. And a lot of women as well. And it's not even because of out of fear of what could happen to them. It's what already happened. And they may have seen their mother and their father, or they may not know their mother or their father. So they don't want that emotional attachment because they may have seen their mother cry out for this man to come home or be an involved parent or be a husband or whatever. Or they may have seen their father crying, you know, asking her to come home. Why aren't you home? You know, why don't you love me? This and that. So they grow up with that mentality that, oh, well, if my mother or my father went through that, I don't want to go through that. So I'm just going to get what I want, so to speak, and not care. 
no one on the inside you do. No one on the inside you do care. You do want an emotional attachment. You do want feelings. So, with the way society is going now, what was once looked at as an emotional cry for help is now looked at as something you can gain status from. You can get popularity from. You can run around claiming you can hop from ass to ass to dick to dick. And that's dodos are looked at as conquest. True, because men for years, for years, the more and more women you had, the more and more, the more and more women you had, I think I think, I think the word was concubines as far as that goes back you were looked at as somewhat of that was your stature that was your status the more wives the more women the more women you slept with this and that but the women if they wouldn't do that they were seen as slut whores and harlots or whatever you want to call it you know this this whole ideology goes far 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 back this, this isn't anything new just change the words around. So now, with the way that everyone's going on, talking about their conquest and everybody wants them or what they, like I said, what was looked at once as a cry for help is now looked at as status. I still see it as a cry for help. I still see it as everybody who's out there saying, oh, I can just sleep with you and not feel anything. That's a lie. Because when you're telling these stories, when you're telling these hotels, as to say, whether you're female or male, you're still telling, you know, you're still crying out. You're still crying out. You're still telling of experience, true enough. You're still able to stand and have the ability to be strong from going through those things. But you're scarred. You're scarred. You know you're scarred. It may sound different because you're putting it to a beat. Or it may look different because your financial status or whatever would have you. Or what have you. But you're still scarred. You're still hurt. You still have feelings. And I myself, just like my wife, just like plenty of people that we know, in a relationship or not, you have you have had that altercation with someone that comes up to you and says, you know, I would love to take you out, or I would love to, or whatever. Or some have, or some women, or some men, or even as vulgar enough to say, damn, I just want to fuck. And you look at them and you be like, well, you know. I'm married or, you know, I'm just not interested. Or some people, male and female, could look at you and say, I'm not in it for emotion. I'm emotionally unavailable. When you say you're you're not in it for emotion or you're emotionally unavailable or you can just fuck without feeling, that right there is an emotion. That right there is telling me something happened to you that you don't want to happen again. So you're going to mask it with this tough-ass attitude like you can just sit there and in the act that was initially meant for passion for you know the act of husband and wife we're gonna lay down that's what it was initially and you had all these people that misused 
misuse that trust, misuse that bond. So now you have a generation of men and women who don't want to, who want, who, who, who either don't want that to happen to them or don't want it to happen again. It's one or the other. You either don't want it to happen to you or you don't want it to happen again. So you're faced with that whole mask, that fake ass armor. You can just fuck without feeling. Or I can just jump from woman to woman or females. You can jump from dick to dick, fuck without feeling. Or I just want you to eat me out and put something on my cash out. That right there is telling me all the wrong things. Me. I know plenty of men who will jump for that. I know plenty of women who will jump for that. That way you, you feel that you aren't emotionally attached. So you can just do that and move on. There's not a person alive that can do that and move on. There's not a person alive that can do that. Yeah, they'll be tough in front of you. Yeah, they'll be this and be that. But you know when they send you those... You know, I'm just thinking about you text. They are thinking about you. That's an emotion. Or what you doing? Or where you at? Or I called you. That's feeling. That's feeling. That's not somebody that just can fucking move on. That's feeling right there. Like I said, I may be wrong. But I'm just speaking from experience. And I'm speaking from what people have told me. I mean, one person may be able to move on, but you can't have it both ways. You can't have nothing with benefits, nothing. One of those friends is gonna feel that benefit. One of those friends is gonna want that emotional attachment. So, hey, if you wanna run around screaming on these tails and telling your hotels or telling your cocktails, you know, like I said, you either don't want it to happen to you or you don't want it to happen again. Either one. You know, even though I know it's... I know it's sort of the thing now for everybody to tell these stories of, you know, all the conquests. Everybody's on these women. Telling all their stories of conquests and all these sexual tales and this and that. You know, I hear a lot of pain behind that. I hear a lot of pain. I mean, like I said, you either don't want it to happen or don't want it to happen again. I mean, so of course you're going to... You can avoid it. You cannot go to these certain areas, you know, certain spots where you know you could get in some trouble. You know, what's the first thing you do? You drink, or you drink, you smoke, you take something to sort of take your mind away from, take you out of this, take me away from this for a moment where I can just be free and do what I want to do and not be in my right mind for a couple of hours. Why would you want to do anything where you just... Well, you're not able enough to get yourself out of any situation that you may not need to be into. I mean, and I'm not saying I've I've walked a straight line. You know, just like me and B, you know, we, we, we talk about this a lot. We don't judge anyone, but 
neither one of us are perfect. We haven't had the perfect relationship. I mean, as you all know from my transgressions and our relationship and our marriage, from the things I've said on this podcast. I mean, I'm not speaking on this subject because I'm. I haven't had my mistakes in, my, in, in the past. I haven't made my mistakes in the past. So it's not like I'm just. Oh, well, I'm free to say what I want to say without any consequence or anything like that. Like, nah, I'm, I'm not. I'm just open, and you all know that. So, but it's something about this particular way of expression that I just don't, I don't see it the same as others do. I don't view it as, I don't view it as strong as most as most view it these days. You know, I hear a lot of women say, yeah, yeah, go sis and all of this shit. Or I hear a lot of men say, yeah, that's how you do it, bro, and all of that. That's not how you, that's, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. You can't find it, so you try to get it in a lot of different places. But you're still not getting it. Because when it's all said and done, nobody, no one really knows you. And because if you find someone, one person that really knows you, that really understands you and your situation, you're not going to want to be with anybody else. Those moments where you do mess up, like I, like I know myself, those moments where you do mess up, you you beat yourself up a lot because you hurt someone that you've never meant to hurt regardless of the situation regardless of the reason and a lot of people say well if you cheat on me just leave me cheat on me just leave me if you feel yourself wanting to cheat just go a lot of the times that work but a lot of the times it doesn't so you have these moments of weakness and you find yourself getting out of these situations because, like I said, these people don't know you. They don't know you. Or you could be with someone who you really are compatible with, really can build something with, but you still got a foolish and, foolish and childish ways inside of you. You only know one way to get it out, and unfortunately, it's you know to have these moments of you know moments of conquest and stuff like that, where you just want to have as many experiences as you can before you settle down. But you realize you're hurting people along the way, but you only realize you're hurting people along the way. When you yourself are hurt. When you yourself are in pain and need someone to hold on to you. Need that shoulder to cry on. Not really realizing that you've used so many shoulders in your past. Before you were ready to settle down. You've played with so many emotions before you were ready to finally settle. By the time you're ready to settle down and look at, well, you were the one... I let get away or some shit like that. 
And that person is on over there for you and you wind up lonely. You wind up hurt, wondering why this person isn't there. It's because when initially, when you were supposed to be ready and focused and committed, that person was, but you still wanted to play. So now this person is supposed to just drop everything that they want to do, that they're doing, because all of a sudden you in your right mind now. What works like that? Nothing. Nothing works like that. And I know if you're a female listening, you've had plenty of women or men talking to you about that same thing. Damn, why am I lonely right now? I should have listened to you. And I've had plenty of men and women tell me the exact same thing. Man, I shouldn't have been playing. Now I'm ready to settle down. And I don't know what I'm looking for. Because of what happened to you. Or because of what you saw growing up. And you just never wanted to fully open up. You never wanted to commit. You never wanted to try what it would be like with just one person. So all of those foolish and childish ways can't work when you're ready to commit. You got to grow up sometimes. You have to grow up and, you know, like, like myself, I have to grow up and admit to everything that I've done. I had to grow up in the midst of it and let the truth hurt first because, yeah, it does. Let the truth hurt first. And then let the real you continue to show. Let the real you continue to be seen. And then if that relationship or marriage or whatever have you doesn't work out, guess what? You won't hurt if it ends because you're being real. You're being honest. You're being open. You're being committed. Both of you are being committed, but if it doesn't work out, it just doesn't work out. Nobody's hurt. And you're free to move on. You're free to move on with, without a broken heart. You're free to move on without nothing to repair. And that's the way to do it. That's the way to leave whole, as I've, as I've said on this podcast long, a while back. Try to leave it whole, not broken. That way you're not going into your next relationship telling of all these all these tales or having this reputation of something that you may not want to be. I mean, before a lot of us, and I said us, a lot of us is too late. A lot of us is too late to sort of hide what we did, so to speak. A lot of us, we got to just let that truth out. Let that truth out and live with the truth. Live with the truth and let someone know the real you. And it'll work out, I promise. I promise it'll work out. But you have to let that truth out. Like I said, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt yourself and it's going to hurt the potential potential person you're trying to be with to let them know who you are or what you've done and like I said you're just gonna have to let that let that grow let that trust grow let that commitment grow instead of trying to instead of trying to force something that shouldn't be forced just so you can have a relationship because they're always gonna find out and if they don't find out, it'll start eating away at you. That shit's real. That shit's real. 
I said it's 100% real. You cannot look look someone in the eye. Continue to tell them you love them. Continue to tell them you're committed. And not be. Because you know this person is giving you their all. You just don't see it. Believe me, I'm telling y'all this from personal, true-to-life experience. You just don't see it. But once you do, like I said, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt because you're going to want that person to stay. And that person may or may not. I've had to live with that. I had to live with that. I mean, luckily for my for my sake, so far it's working. And I say so far it's working. And for some good friends of mine, I say as well, so far it's working for their relationships. But a lot of people I know, they still live in that. Ah, as long as I leave them alone, it'll be okay. Or as long as she doesn't tell me anything, guess what? I don't know anything. Then that's a lie right there. You're in love with a lie. You're in love with what you think a relationship is supposed to be. Not what both of you think. That's not good. That's not good to just be in a relationship just so you won't be lonely. Or that's not good to make up a person make a person who you want them to be that's not good that's not good not healthy it's gonna wind up hurting you in the long run like I said believe me I know when you try to make someone into who you want them to be and not who they are because you have to love a person for who they are in order for you to truly see them I mean but not everything is going to work so don't expect every relationship or everything to work just because you're being real you're being open you're being true doesn't work like that you gotta go through some shit you gotta go through it first to go through it you gotta go through it to grow through it is what I tried to say. I mean, it's a it's a tough game to play because, like I said, I know people who are in marriages they don't want to be in. I know people who are with men they don't want to be with, who are with women they don't want to be with, and it's tough because you can't be open, you can't be honest. You can't be understanding of who you are in order to be understanding of what this relationship really is. And it could either be one of two things. It could be good or bad. Simple as that. I know people who've had to make tough decisions and leave a person because I'm just not, I'm not into you quite honestly the way I thought I was. Or I don't want what you want anymore. You know, a lot of tough decisions are being made these days when it has to do with a person and, you know, their being, who they are, what they want in life. But like I said, COVID can teach you something. And for the duration of a lot of us being at home, it taught us a lot. 
How you doing, man? Pretty good, pretty good. How you doing? A lot of us. Dollar, show don't. Show don't. Matter of fact, I got a little bit of change on me. Hold on for a second. Grab me something to eat, man. Nah, playing with us, man. We knocked down all this fucking walls in I got units. a little bit of change on me, man. Playing, playing, bro. Appreciate yeah, no problem, man. man. God bless you, bro. Thank you, thank you. Sorry about that live podcast, y'all. You get it. Live podcast. I believe I gave him... I don't know what I gave him. I just gave him something. But... <laughs> but anyway... Where was I? Where was I? Where was I? Where was I? Um, I know people who, I mean, COVID has taught us that, you know, with, during during this duration, with a lot of us being at home, it has given that, it has given us that, um, the ability to just know what we want and know, and know how we can or can't achieve it. A lot of us can't achieve things because of who we are, because of who we're with. A lot of us can't break that mold, can't break through because of who we're with. A lot of us are being held down. A lot of us are being held down, and it's not even by our own doing. It's because maybe, maybe it's because of that person's ability to see it within themselves. Maybe it's that person's lack of lack of want, lack of drive, lack of anything for themselves, and they just, whenever they see you trying to better yourself, or see you getting a promotion at work, or getting more opportunities at work, or having more friends than they are, oh, are you trying to leave me? Are you trying to leave me in this and that? You, I knew you didn't want to be with me in the first place, trying to play that guilt. You trying to kick me when I'm down. You know I can't do this. You know I can't do that. Guess what? That's not your fault. That's not your fault. They can't do something. I know plenty of men and women in relationships where they sort of feel sorry for the other one because of what they can't do or won't do. She's not given the opportunity. He's not given the opportunity. Everybody is... Everybody is born with the same 24. I mean, everybody has the same 24 hours is what I mean. I'm sorry. And it's what you do with that. If you want to do, if you want to sit around and pity, sit around and feel sorry, and guess what? You're not going to get as much out of life as the person that's willing to take opportunity, willing to take a chance on themselves, willing to believe, believe in themselves, willing to fail. I mean, too... Too many people think I'm going to be this and this and this or I'm the best at this and this and this or, you know, my song is this, my book is this. A lot of people have too big of dreams and that's not, how you doing, man? And that's not your significant other's fault that you're not able to achieve what you feel you should achieve. True. Everybody should be as big as they dream. Whatever you want to do in life, go for it. But it comes a certain 
point in time when I remember I said a, lo- a while ago about doctors and wanting to be the type of doctor to travel the world or wanted to be the type of doctor that was all over TV that everybody believed was the best at their particular field of choice. But what if you're a doctor to where you're just able to have a neighborhood practice? I mean, you know, just just have a small office. Five or ten people who believe in you. Five or ten people who come to you and come to you regularly. But your dreams was to, your dreams was to be the top one in the hospital, be the top one in the state, in the country at what you do. What if you're just best in your area? I mean, did, did you fall short? Did you did, did you fail? You're still a doctor. You're still a doctor. You're not you you're, you're not a failure. There's no way that you can look at your life as a failure if you're if you're the doctor of a small practice. Or instead of being governor or mayor, as friends of mine have tried to, I was like, why don't you just go for alderman first? No, I want to be governor. You want to go from being, you, you want to go from working at Walmart to being a fucking governor of the state of Missouri. And this is true. I'm just not going to tell you the person's name, but this is true. You can't let, and, and the fact that those dreams failed because of course they're going to fail because you're jumping over a lot of steps because you feel you deserve to be this big person. True. Dream big. But if you have to take certain steps, take those steps. Take those steps. And this particular person, just because you didn't get to where you believed you were supposed to be, you took a person down with you. You took your wife down with you. You've lost someone in your life that really believed in you because of who you thought you were. Which I'm talking about myself in the case because I haven't spoken to this person. I haven't spoken to this person in possibly two years, maybe a little more than two years. Because, you know, he tried to belittle me, tried to put me down, tried to make me out to be somebody who I wasn't. And you know when I confronted him with it, he was very apologetic about it. Oh my God, I didn't, I didn't know, blah blah blah. And I had to take myself out of that situation. And then this person had a horrific accident. That person's wife had a, had to lose their her home, beautiful home, and they had to downsize a lot because of his failure. His failure wasn't her failure, was it? No. It wasn't her failure. But them wanting to be in that relationship, her wanting to stay in that relationship, took her right down. Took her down. Should it have? I honestly don't think so. I honestly don't think so. Hey, guys, how you doing? I honestly don't think so. I honestly think he should have looked at what he wanted to do, not quit his job, not drain her emotionally and psychologically and financially. 
just to feed into his ego of who he wanted to be. Not who I told him he should try to be first. You should try to take as many small jobs in the community as you can. Build your trust up. Build your people up. Build your you know, team up from the ground up because you're coming from the ground up yourself. I was willing to go to bat for this person as aldermen, as taking steps, as going through the neighborhood trying to do this and do that. Oh, no, I'm going to be on the news and this and this. I'm going to be on CNN and all of this stuff. Okay, no problem. Go right ahead. And then he came crawling back. Well, I need to be on your podcast. I need to get my campaign going. Like, I'm not, I don't even want to talk about that. What was my answer to him? I don't talk about politics on my podcast. I steer away from that. Even though I have, you know, in the past couple of episodes or the past couple of months or so. But that was just going to be a, a, a straight political drive with his campaign. And he was going to use my audience, my platform, as his own personal campaign push. Nah, I'm not doing that. So what did he do? He lost myself as a friend. He lost a couple of more friends as well. Lost his home. Had to downsize, like I said, move into a much smaller, much, much, you know, like I said, that's the last I heard from him. I haven't heard from him in years. But should she have walked away from that relationship? I honestly believe she should have. Or he should have realized his failures. Picked himself back up. Went back on the grind of working those jobs just so she could keep the life that she had before she met him. So it wouldn't be deemed as a failure. But he blamed everyone else in the book, I heard. He blamed every other situation. Instead of looking at it, taking that one on the chin. You know, you should have you should have done that. You hooked or something. You got a you got a string hanging. You, you see it? You got a string hanging somewhere. I think it's on a tree back there. Huh? It's still the string is still there. Um, I, I don't know what this particular person is doing, but he's he just said I'm following him, which I'm not. I'm just walking down the street, but he has a string tied to his foot just about a hundred yards back around the corner. I think it's tied around a tree or some shit. Anyway, like I said, this is a live podcast, cause y'all gonna, gonna see what I'll see. Anyway, it's crazy as hell. He just kicked his shoe off to get the string off of him. But anyway, let me go ahead and step over the string so I can get home. But anyway. Excuse me, man. Crazy as hell. But uh, like I said. Let me hold on one me one second, y'all. Yeah, the string is still following him. Okay. Moral of that story. Well, the moral of that string, I'ma say, y'all stay away from drugs, please. Please stay away from drugs. 
Stay away from hard drugs, I should say. Smoke weed if you want to. Drink a little bit of alcohol if you want to. But that hard shit, stay away from that shit. Oh my gosh, I wish I... I mean, I'm... I'm no, I didn't mean... I mean, I never mean for anything to happen with this podcast. I wish I could stay on subject all the time with... Like I said, seeing that string so far behind him, and it was easily 100 yards, easily inside the football field, and he just kept walking. It was, like, it was, a, it was a pretty noticeable string, too. <laughs> so, the reason why I said the thing I said about the hard drugs, because he was carrying three empty pizza boxes. So when he kicked his shoe off and get rid of the string, he kicked, he kicked his Kicked the shoe off, piece of box, and flew in the air. And I said he was just disheveled. And had no socks on. And I was honestly trying to, you know, if I could help him, but I just forgot I didn't have any cash or anything on me because, as you heard, I gave the last little bit I had on me of the way to somebody else. But, but, um, know it's we know that that's a huge problem and not even not even just in inner cities I mean, that's a huge problem worldwide just it's a huge epidemic and we just need to show that we love and we care and we're there it's kind of hard you know you're wearing yourself thin trying to do that I've been staying, been saying what's going on right now with COVID and everything. The youth are the youth are the ones we need to worry about, and not myself. You know, myself and my wife, we can attest to that from just dealing with the everyday change of our children. Not to say a bad thing. Said the everyday change questions and the moods and it's like they just don't know what to focus on and it's not their fault. It's not their fault at all. I'm just speaking for my children. It's not their fault. And we don't blame them. It's kind of hard to focus. It's hard to focus. It's hard to, it's hard, especially with our teenagers. And even Everything is multiplied by a hundred. You know, when they feel good or or when they feel bad, everything is multiplied. And you know, and being myself, we can't really we can't really protect them from something that we can't even protect ourselves from. You know, they just want it to go away. They just want to be children again and it's hard. It's hard. how powerless I am in life not not just trying to protect them from unseen things or unknown things just 
from their own emotions. I'm, I'm powerless. I'm not afraid to admit it. I, I, I struggle with that. You know, once I realize that there's something that I would have to, I would have to try to be be there for. Like I said, I realize how powerless I am. I just have to, I just have to realize that I just have to be there. That's hard. Just having to, having to witness your, witness your children crying, going through something, and daddy telling them it'll be okay, or daddy saying, I'll, I'll, I'll never let anything happen to you. True enough, it, it, it helps in the moment, but but in the long run, after it's over with, after they laugh, after we embrace, how they felt is still right there because nothing is changing. And regardless of what we, we try to do as parents, I'm just speaking for myself and my wife, what we try to do we just feel like it's it's not enough. We honestly feel like it's not enough and you know we're at a crossroads as well. Like what can we do differently as parents so they can feel that they still have something to give and that they'll still have a future? That's hard. That's hard. I mean they worry about us going to work and naturally so we haven't missed work. I haven't had any time off work really since this all started and and like well daddy goes to work every day, mommy goes to work every day, so can't be it can't be that bad that I can't go to school, right? And I understand everything that they're saying. But you know, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep trying to change and Trying to find new ways to keep their focus and keep them focused. We'll make it. We'll all make it. Patience is a podcast.